Hello, audio-only audiophile, audio-piles? Audio-piles, that's it, it's the audio-pile. Welcome to the show, you guys always get the behind-the-access look, as you would if I had, like, a, what do they call those, a Patreon account. But I don't have a Patreon account because I'm lazy. <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. That seems reasonable. Just in case. The just in case pile. Just in case. One of my favorite uh, super villains from um, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? One of the characters you could choose to track down in Where in the World is Carmen San Diego was a guy named Justin Case. I'm serious. That's where I got the joke from. It was like 1994. Justin Case. And then uh, when the pro wrestler by the name of Justin Credible showed up, I was like, I know where you got that joke. <laughs> YouTube backup file is recording, and we are live. Good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day to all those who celebrate fatherism including those of us who have uh, furry children. Not children who are furries, specifically. Although, although if you have a child and they're a furry, then you should be happy because it's Father's Day and your, your child is a furry and nothing wrong with being a furry. So, not specifically to parents of furries, but people who have... Wow. <laughs> I am the Sussman Rick Sussman, joined, as always, by the original angry nerd girl herself, Elle Strange. We are Team Repile, and we have lots of things to cover. We have so much news, lots of it bad. Welcome to being an adult, everybody. Everything's terrible. Welcome to sadness. Ella Strange. Oh, we already got some likes. Who's, who's liking us? Uh, oh, Steph. Thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie's here. Steph Phillips. She gave us a like. Um, if your book is going to be very deep into the Repile, I would not recommend sticking around unless you've got about an hour to kill. <laughs> Um, or you can come back much later. Gee, Lord, the cats are already restless. All right, Elf, we have a ton of books to cover. We also have massive news. We better get started. What, let's start with the news as we normally do. And there is no bigger news story this week than the shocking and incredibly untimely passing of yet another amazing comic book artist. Uh, this the third one this year and roughly the third major artist in, I think, about two months. Uh, we had we lost Neil Adams and of course George Perez almost back to back, and then uh, just this week the stunning and shocking passing of Tim Sale, someone who meant a whole lot to you and to me specifically. You've got a couple of his books, uh, Dark Victory is one of my favorite books of all time. Also the Long Halloween, the run that he had with Jeff Loeb on books like Dark Victory, the Long Halloween, the books that uh, L is going to highlight in a moment, Spider Man uh, Blue and Red. He really did, him, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale was like, to me, the first super team. Now, a lot of people would be like, well, what about uh, Wolfman and Perez? And I'd say, you're right. But Wolfman and Perez, Wonder Woman, and Teen Titans was a little bit before my time when I got really into comics. Yeah. Um, I would say, for me, you know, my, my first introduction 
to Batman was Adam West in a TV series right. when I was a kid. I watched all, the, watched all the reruns. Uh, and then my next big thing, what, what got me into actually reading comics and wanting to just dive on in uh, is the animated series, right. Batman animated series. Absolutely. So, um, you know, to see all that, and then we even got like the introduction Yeah. version, you know, so it, it was, it was, it was great. That's where I learned the most about, uh, the Batman universe. So, yeah, but, uh, I think my favorite, uh, comic, uh, that he was involved with was Catwoman William Rowe. Uh, luckily I was so obsessed with it when I, <laughs> back then, uh, I got, Yeah, she had all the single issues, and this was even before I knew Ella Strange. She went and did this, so she's a she's a proper comic book nerd. Yeah, and of course I had to get divided, which kind of goes against what I say a lot of times. I say, oh, if I have all the singles, I don't and need the yeah. binded, or if I had the binded, I don't need all the singles. Maybe just issue one, you know, you know, you know, just something else yeah something else that I think is really amazing too that you actually have in here that I didn't even notice until today Uh, as is very common you know uh, nerds like us will get autographs of our favorite writers and creators well it was really cool yeah and um, I mentioned that because I got to actually meet him yeah Hey, what are you doing? She's trying to knock over the entire stack. I'm telling you, they just... Why are you so freaked out? Here, here, have some paper. Have some paper. Go get it. She does like paper wads. Okay. But what I wanted to point out about your, you know, you got to visit Tim, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale at a convention or at a store, and you got them to sign it. And the one thing that we always stress, you know, there's two kinds of signatures you can get. You can get a signature that you plan on flipping, or you can get a signature that is just for you. And all of your signatures are, it like says to, well, it says to Lauren. This one literally says Morow, which I think is hilarious. And there's a little Catwoman, um, like, micro sketch that Tim Sale did there. So you actually have some original Tim Sale art that you get to keep forever. Because you'll never part with this unless, you know, some cat, something catastrophic happens. Catastrophic. Um, but, thank you. But as you can see, we always try and get our autographs personalized just for such an occasion. One of the you know biggest tragedies I have is that I never went back and visited George uh, a second time to get like something fun from him because he absolutely would have done it for me. But I never, I never went out of my way to go see him again. I always felt like you know, well, I got my cool George Perez story. That's enough. But I also have a really great. Jimmy Palmiotti quick sketch that he did for me. You remember when we were visiting with them when they were at uh, the comic book store that one time? Yeah. It's so crucial as fans to get that stuff. You know, we, 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 we get to interact, especially on Twitter, with a lot of our favorite creators, and it's very lovely. But having something like this that you'll get to keep forever, even though Tim has, has left us, you, you get a piece of him, that's, that's something that you'll never be able to replace. But it's also something you would never want to get rid of anyway. Other big news. Elle, what else is in the news? Uh, speaking of somebody else from my childhood. Yes. Um, R.L. Stein. Yes. What about R.L. Stein? Is he, well. 
Is he dead? No. Oh, no. no. Is he a pervert? <laughs> no. Oh, thank goodness. So, well, I don't know. I don't want to read him that <laughs> I But Arlstein is going to be doing uh, a short series. It's just a four-part. Okay. Um, basically, it's about, uh, like, the folklore of, like, these characters that we just kind of know. For example, first one is about Frankenstein. Oh, so like the original Universal monsters? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what the other three are going to be. Well, if it's uh, Frank, if they got to be, they got to be um, public I domain. I would assume. Yeah. But uh, to see that kind of that, that twist to the story will be absolutely fantastic. Even better, it's not for kids. Ah, <laughs> it's for grown folks. That's what I read. You know. So I'm thinking maybe some actual scary stuff. Okay. Well, hey, hang on, hang on, because I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Uh huh. A lot of them Goosebumps books that I read as a kid. They were pretty scary. Let's yes, get they invisible. Were. Still creeps me out to this day. I remember let's get invisible. I am so afraid to look under the sink sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you think, never know. <laughs> I think it's great that like an entire generation that grew up with goosebumps, like tuned in to Fear Street, all three all three uh, uh, movies of Fear Street. Like now you guys don't understand, R.L. Stein is our boy. And he's going to keep making stuff, and we're going to keep giving him our money, because when we were 10, we read all his books, and it was all of our book reports, and fuck you, this is the way we're going to do know, this. I know, when they would accept this as for book reports, uh, like, oh. My seventh grade, my seventh grade <laughs> teacher, Miss Fenton, one of the first people that ever recognized that I had a, like, I had a, a good way with the pen, looked at me and she goes, one of my RL Stein, I'll never forget this, one of my RL Stein book reports, and she comes and goes, Rick, I appreciate you reading, and I'm glad you have an author that you like. But you know these are, you know, young kid books. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm like, I enjoyed it. They were so good. Fuck you. How dare you, Miss Fenton. But just to point out, it is called uh, Stuff of Nightmares. The Stuff of Nightmares. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and it's being released in September. Oh, all right. You know what else is in September? What's that? It's my birthday. Your birthday. My birthday. Also, we just got uh, Colin Bunn's most updated newsletter. He's got an anthology series coming out in September as well. And birthday. Yeah. People doing things for your birthday, Illustrated. Obviously. 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 Uh, so, you know, we do want to talk about, I guess, <laughs> There's the a, Joker. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about uh, this? Okay, so Joker was announced for a second film, and... Right now, it looks like that Lady Gaga may be attached to it as potentially Harley Quinn. Eh. And I'm going to let you all in on a secret. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I love Lady Gaga to death. Her her guest appearances or cam cameos. I don't know. She wasn't even cameos. Like, she was the star of one of the seasons of American Horror Story, right? Yeah. 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 Her, her run in Hotel makes Hotel one of the best American Horror Stories of all time. Yeah. But... She's not gonna get me to watch this. <laughs> and furthermore, why are we? Making I will say I, I I would have never chosen her to play Harley. Well, if you watch, I, I, I think she could probably pull it off. I'm not saying that she could, but I don't know where where did like, maybe she requested. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, you've not seen Joker. I have. It is it is two fifths of a great movie. Uh, sadly, those two fifths are not the entirety of the movie. It is three-fifths bad movie as far as I'm concerned. It is very problematic. The fact that they've made sure to include Gary Glitter's uh, big pump-up song after it's been proven that he himself uh, was a pedophile, and, and to include that in a movie and to give any amount of money to his estate is problematic in and of itself. To do it deliberately 
There is no hero in the movie. At one point, we're supposed to care about Arthur being crazy. The next point, he's just nuts and he likes hurting people. I literally, I'm doing this not to prove a point. I'm doing this because I don't know what else to do with my hands when talking about the movie. Because Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of Joker is actually really fucking good. But, like, the entire movie wrapped around it is fucking terrible. Oh! Uh, well, I... I know. So I can't really get behind all that. All I know is that I just don't have an interest. <laughs> I'm telling you, his actual I didn't watch portrayal. The first one. I don't want to watch it, and I don't know if that's going to make me miss out on anything for the second one, or is this kind of like well, them trying to reboot and like fix things? Well, funny you would mention a reboot, Ella Strange, because uh-huh. that's going to dovetail right perfectly into our brand new segment. Uh, we here at the Read Pile have decided that it's time for us to develop. A new form of judging things. And we have the trash pile. Now, the trash pile will never have a comic book in it. Because comics, as we know, are good for some people and maybe not great for others. But we love our comic books. The worst thing we'll ever do with a comic is sell it back to the store. We never want to destroy a book. We love all the books we read. Some books we love more than others. However, in our community, especially in the last couple of years, it has been discovered that there is a lot of people who deserve to be thrown into trash, never to be seen or heard from again. We mentioned how we were really enjoying Scumbag until we found out that Rick Remender was, in fact, a scumbag. And then we canceled the book and we proverbially threw his name into the trash pile. Uh, I was a gigantic Warren Ellis fan for a very long time before finding out that he is a pile of trash. And now we have Warren Ellis in the trash pile. I actually debated on this show and with Ella Strange off camera as to whether or not I should get rid of all of my Warren Ellis and Ethan Van Shriver, another one in the Trash Pile comics, and you said, well, you've already bought them, you love them, there's artists or there's writers who you also adore with those books, like Jeff, well, I guess Jeff, Jeff Johns didn't have a lot of good to him. Anyway, my point is, is that I didn't get rid of the books, but I don't have to buy any more of them. Right. And that leads us to today's inductee, our first official inductee into the trash pile, and they are Ezra Miller. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ezra Miller, star of the upcoming Flash potential reboot of the DCEU, uh, called the Flash Movie, or Flashpoint, depending on which particular website you're visiting that time. Um, to say Ezra has become problematic would be a disservice to the term problematic. They apparently uh, seemingly kidnapped a 18-year-old fan of theirs and has not been seen or heard from since. This was not the first time they've been in trouble whatsoever. In the last two months, they've been arrested, I think, two or three times in Hawaii for DUI. Every story that is coming out about them is getting worse and worse and worse. And I do want to make sure that I'm uh, letting you know that they do prefer the terms they and them. So we are trying to use the proper pronouns when discussing this person. But also, I would like to point out that perhaps for this particular person, a good pronoun would be trash. <laughs> Ezra Miller was a pretty good Flash, I think. Not not the greatest. I think Grant, uh, the Grant kid on the actual TV series... I think he's better. But I think that Ezra Miller was a fine Flash. You saw Ezra Miller in Justice League, uh, the extended cut. Mm -hmm. You felt that they did a perfectly fine job. Yeah, he's fine. But they are, uh, 
They oh Amber Heard also trash pot. Uh, they are they are they are they are causing issue. Mm-hmm. And L, what does this mean for us as nerds? I don't know. It depends on what you want to talk about. Are you talking about um, picking out movies? What, what discussion are you going towards? Or are so, you, just in what general, what is your question? <laughs> well, in general, my my point is this. What do we do, like, as a community? We have to excommunicate these people. Our community is such a niche community. We welcome everyone. I think it's just like with any other job. I think it just comes down to that. If you're, if you are dealing with somebody that's a complete asshole and does not care about anybody else around them and is causing harm to others, you fire them. Yeah. I I think that's simple. And and the fact that DC is kind of hamstrung, like they don't know what to do, because that most of the movie is in the can. Like the flash is done. Not to mention this is the movie where they, they were like, Michael Keaton, we need you to put the bat suit back on Michael Keaton. And Michael Keaton was like, Okay, I'll do it. So this is the movie that has Michael Keaton's Batman in it. So you know DC can't just be like, all right, scrap it, just never release it. They have to release it. When is it supposed to be released? It was supposed to be released a couple of months ago, but pandemics and problematic main but stars. it's done. It's, it, it's, it's done. It's getting it's edited. Up. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It, it is not done. It's okay. being edited. So fine, I'm fine. saying, is it done? Is it ready to literally put it in a movie theater today Probably. and start running? Probably. Okay. But it's slated for release in 2023. Hopefully, by that point, the name Ezra Miller will have fallen out of our lexicon. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, we haven't seen it, so we don't know. But I'm thinking they could be taking out clips. Maybe, but how do you get rid of the main star? You just take out the extras. Like, (laughs) some of the scenes that probably won't take away from the <laughs> the whole storyline, you know. Maybe take out a couple the lines whole movie is there. Based upon like he doesn't get a say when it's a group discussion a whole, anymore. The whole <laughs> movie is based upon the flash running so and fast. You just see him in the background. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He'd put a digital bag over his head. <laughs> if they could digitally relate Superman's mustache, they could put a digital bag over Ezra Miller's head, right? I don't know. It's Maybe. so bad. But to conclude our new, our newest segment, Ezra Miller, you go into the trash pile. We will see you at the end of the year for a review. All right. Speaking of reviews. Speaking of reviews, look at you catching on on how I do my segment transitions. You ready? All right. All right, illustrate. All right. Your your. I mean, do you know what my pick of the week is? Well, so. of course, you only had three books. Sometimes I still have a problem. <laughs> Okay. But they were all really good. Yes, I have a similar problem. So I was. <laughs> yeah, but you have like. I don't want to talk about how many books I have, but I do have a very similar problem. You have like 10. <laughs> I have 11. All right, oh, Elle. I know. Oh, uh, yes, the one I didn't know. Shut up. Let's get to it. First Starting part. with Faithless, Volume 3, Issue 5. And I believe, is this, and correct me if I'm wrong, is this the Pentultimate Edition? Sure is. Oh, man. So next issue is the last issue. It sure is. How was Faithless? I will say this. I saw the other cover, and yeah. I was like, okay, that's a good issue. Uh, but I like this cover, too. I kinda, it's one of those times where... I, not one of those times. It happens every time with every issue. I went all the way. <laughs> all the covers. 
And maybe, maybe that's what I. That's why I need to wait until everything is binded and just buy it. Because maybe they include like each cover. What you really need is you. You know you, what you really need is you need a Maria Lovett pinup calendar so that you can look at her art every single day. Yeah, yeah, that's what you need. I could do that. Yeah. I'd like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe just a calendar I can use at work. You know, every month another piece of art. <laughs> So aside from being stunningly beautiful, how was Faithless issue three? I'm very sad very at the fact that this is the second to last issue, uh, and it's going. I, I think this is the last part of Faithless. This is it. Yes. After you get the next issue, I, this series is over. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> it's been you, such a long journey for me. Well, don't forget, Faithless <laughs> is gone, and uh, what's the what? Uh, uh, Actually, no, it hasn't. It's been very quick. Well, uh, what's the one about the, uh, the the ghost the ghost uh, house? What is that? Uh, uh, rock rock band house ghosts. Uh, with their giant mechs. She's oh, homesick pilots. Homesick pilots. That's yeah. gonna, that's I about to be done. I don't know why done. I wasn't picturing what you were saying. That's about to be done. Faithless is about to be done. You lost you lost uh, 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 Black Widow. Like everything that has been a tentpole of your read pile is vanishing. It must be very difficult. I need I need I need more. <laughs> I need more stuff to read. I, you know, I, I'm starting to dive into this whole thing that's going on with uh, Elvira. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're getting all these Elvira so, comics. That's my new thing. Anyway, uh, so in this particular issue, we are getting uh, a lot going on. So Faith goes back to the old lady that uh, says her name is Eve, uh, and they talk about, you know, back, you know, was it, you know, worth eating that apple? And she's like. Uh, and they just go like into this whole thing. She's like, "Look, just Faith is telling her, leave me the fuck alone. I know who he is. I don't care. I know who Lewis is. I don't care. I, you know, you're telling me that I don't know what I'm getting into. In fact, I do. <laughs> and she takes off. And there's there's birds everywhere. It makes a very dramatic moment and everything. And I, it, I love that part. I love that <laughs> because they're in the middle of like like a park. Yeah. And so they're just like. Uh, they're there, and it, the, the birds are everywhere, and they just go all over the place during this argument. And it's, I just love the addition of that. That's you see there. that there, yeah. you know, she's the old lady's always pretty much covered in the birds around her and stuff. And so How it's just that it, that image, yes. you know, I, I love it. Uh, but Poppy is uh, pretty much gone mad. We've already noticed that she was going, she was kind of going down that way because of Solomon. Mm -hmm. uh, bye bye. Uh, but now, you know, I've mentioned that Faith knows who who Lewis really is. We already know, uh, and she's just diving on in. And now they have this great piece of art uh, that they are going to introduce to the world. It is literally jumping out at them. Yeah, it is crazy. It's I it's this last. It's set up to have one. Crazy last issue, and the the art being what it is, and I'm of course, out. I, the, I might have to like get it digitally because we don't get the comic right away, the physical, so I can read it. <laughs> the art, the art Sooner. that they're going to debut, um, if they go by what I what I believe they're going to go by, the idea of seeing the divine, the human eyes typically cannot see the divine without going mad. Yes, that's so, she's. Yeah, and she's experienced both. Poppy, when I talk about Poppy going mad, 
in this like vision that McCabe has of her. Um, I don't know if she was really talking to her or not, or or what. It, there's just so much bad going on yeah. in this story. Uh, but you know, Poppy's telling her, "Look, I I I brought Solomon to you to save you, and look what happened." You know, so. I'm surprised this is not your pick of the week. I'm wait, telling you, I'm telling you, every comic this week is insane. Okay. Is insane. Okay. I'll tell you this though, when the last issue comes out, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Calling my shot from a month I'll away. I'll just go ahead and say it because it pretty much is. If I could say all three of these are, then yeah, but. Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman issue, <laughs> Wonder Woman issue seven eighty eight for those counting at home. Uh, do you have all seven hundred eighty eight issues? <laughs> if not, you like a, so on the cover. This is our uh, team Wonder Woman. Yes, we have here. Uh, we have cool Siggy, Steve. You have Etta, and then you have uh, Steve. It's not just Steve; it's cool Steve. You cool can tell Steve. because of his sunglasses. <laughs> what makes him cool, Steve? <laughs> But unfortunately, if you buy the action figure, his glasses do not come off. Oh, no! <laughs> also, I really appreciate Which Wonder Woman. I prefer, because then cats can't eat it. I, I really appreciate this version of Wonder Woman a lot. Like, as we're getting further and further along in our understanding of how women's bodies can actually look, she actually looks very, you know, she looks both effeminate but very strong. And I, yeah, the artwork in this issue and is just. Yeah. I oh love yeah. It. It, it, it's so beautifully done, uh, and just the reactions on everybody's faces—you can, you can tell what they're feeling, and you can tell their emotion when they're speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, and this issue is just as insane. Uh, it, it, there's so much packed into it. Uh, Doctor Cisco uh, uh, is basically—you know—he's continuing to gain fame. Uh, we already know about this in the story, mm -hmm. uh, and Wonder Woman can't figure out what it is since she's come back. Why is he so popular? You know, he he was back there with her for a bit, and now he's back too, and he is just is he is he big he's on super the, famous? Is he big on the Instagram reels? Yeah, well, we're gonna have to figure out what's going on, but now his team is pretty much building. Uh, now he's using milk made for men to essentially I'm guessing kind of control them because hey, after hey, maybe after we're this just really comes out and everything uh, <laughs> after everything comes out all of a sudden now all these guys are telling Wonder Woman get the hell off our planet or well no not off our planet but you know go back to the mascara <laughs> the way you said that these are my eye <laughs> anyway yeah, so he's you're you're seeing that he's using some kind of mind control. Oh no! And it's milk. I, I guess he's probably controlling them because there's a little bit of his DNA in the milk. I don't know. I've seen I've seen this yet. movie. I've seen this movie before. Because they are trying to analyze the milk to right, see right. what it is about it. So that is something that's oh, going to come no. out at some point. But oh no! I really like this team that's put together. It's very, very odd to have Ziggy and Trevor yeah uh, together. Does it make for a cute little triangle of love? <laughs> They're roomies. <laughs> Listen, 
I, I'm but it's so funny to see how they're just getting along. They're just buddies now. And now, who's actually with Wonder Woman right now? I don't think anybody is. Oh, no. So, no, no Wonder Woman. So, they're both, she's, they're both she's lost. She's not really one for, like, relationships. She's, she's very close. She so keeps people close, and she has built strong relationships. So, Zig and Steve are both suffering love loss, and they're like, hey, buddy. They seem to be okay. Why don't we sit down and watch the game together? And he's like, yeah, you want a beer? He's like, I know. That bitch hurt us real bad, man. He goes, I know. I, and then they cry into their beers. I don't know anything about any of that. Well, we do find out that uh, Cisco is not he, yet, even though his team is going around him with uh, Dr. Poison. Uh, is that Villainy Inc.? Hmm? Is that what Villainy Inc. is, is his team? Cisco's team? Oh, I don't know. Okay. It probably, I don't really, I don't think I actually saw the name in the comic about that. Maybe I just. That's okay. All the way at the back. That's fine. Uh, but you are noticing that, uh, you know, as the scene is building, uh, then you quickly learn that he is not actually the leader. There's more to it. So there are a lot of questions raised. Yeah. Um, but the story is still progressing. So very, very exciting. I love how much the, um, wh which one's the, the fake Wonder Woman with the broken face? What is her name again? I don't know. I thought it was like Janice or something. It doesn't matter. I just no, love. No, that's something else. Oh, okay. I, I love how that version of Wonder Woman is like hyper feminine. Like she's always like pulling her skirt down and stuff like that. Little, little hints like that. There's so cool. That, that she's not the real one? Right. Well, yes, yeah, so she has a, a little bit of a crack. She, you can also see how her character is actually building also. Yeah. She's working for Dr. Cisco. She's like the, the glass version. Um, and we are seeing how she's slowly changing. You know, she's being told to blow something up. She stops for a minute. And she questions about there being people around that are going to get harmed. Mm. You know, that she doesn't really want to do this. Uh, but then she eventually does anyway. You can sort of so see her you, you can see that she is not wanting to, to do this anymore. She she has more Wonder Woman in her than the evil that Doctor Cisco is doing. So Alright. All very, right. very excited. And now the obvious pick of the week, of course, is Alice Ever After, and of course it's Alice Ever After. But I don't really have room to judge. When you guys get to my pick of the week, you'll be like, yeah, no shit as well. Uh, Ella Strange, this was the variant cover for issue three that had the Cheshire Cat on the cover, but also this beautiful sort of almost butterfly-esque look yes. to Alice's hair. I absolutely needed that particular cover, and I got it. It was the last one that the comic shop had. So what makes this your pick of the week? Okay, so we are finding out so much more about this version of Alice's story. Mm. Uh, everybody's got their own version, little little changes here and there, yeah. Here and there, uh, change. Uh, a lot of times, uh, most of the time, you see the overlap between when Alice goes to Wonderland and, and real life, uh, you know, as far as characters. You're seeing the traditional, like, Cheshire Cat, mm -hmm. but then you'll see who may be portraying that particular character in real life. Same with the Queen, uh, you know, so you're seeing all of those uh, 
things happening, and it's just it's classic. It's 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 classic to do that, uh, and I love it. But now we are absolutely finding out why uh, Alice has become dependent on liquid heroin. Uh, we find out why and how <laughs> this it actually started happening in her childhood due to trauma, and her father is involved. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, and you just you really really start feeling for her at, at, for her character. You, you can see how trapped she is here in this facility. Uh, the little things like uh, the head the head person at the um, the ward is actually who the rug queen is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. uh, the the two guards are totally pulled on. No. Uh, so it, all those things, and I I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I a, really can't. A good one, a good one. I'm sorry. A good Alice in Wonderland story always sort of blurs the lines. Like, are we looking you, at Wonderland? Are is she just insane? And you still question. Uh, some people might read this and be like, oh, obviously, you know, Wonderland is it's just in her head. Is yeah. in her head. I still question it a little bit. Mm. I'm still questioning. If Wonderland is, is it, which has some yeah. reality yeah. to it, so you know, or is it just comes down to her traumatized memories of childhood and those around her, and that just kind of gets sucked in when she's going through these episodes after um, doing all of this stuff. Uh, so you know, I it's my pick of the week because of just all the involvements. Um, you know, just layers and layers to this story, uh, and honestly, it's it's Alice. So mm -hmm. I, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Elva Strange. Excellent, the read pile this week. Small though it may be, mighty anyway. Now begins the summer of our discontent, as I have a lot of books to read. First, a retro book, as it were. This is Punisher uh, from the new series, issue two. This is the second print. I finally got my hands on a copy. I did not get a copy of the first print, but hey, maybe the second print will be worth $10 billion. I don't care. This is cool because I get to see uh, more into the uh, backstory before we get into issue three. It has that really awesome thing again where there, uh, there's two different art styles, an art style that takes place in the past uh, versus the art style that takes place in the current, which looks very modern, very, very, uh, um, uh, what is super realism, lots of super realism. The one thing that I can't, can't get over, and the thing that I find most disturbing, of course in this series, um, Frank Castle has started working for The Hand. Uh, he is the, the, the king of killers, he is the, the fist of the beast, and we get to see uh, the resurrected Maria, his wife. And they were able to bring her back from the dead, but much as you would imagine, she has scars from when she was shot throughout her body. And these scars don't go away on her resurrection. So you can see, like, there's a bullet wound in her face, a bullet wound in her in her shoulder. Uh, there's a shot from her behind where you can see three exit wounds out of her back. And Frank even touches the exit wounds to recognize that, you know, he's been gifted this amazing gift by this <laughs> awful force called the Hand. Uh, in this issue, we also get the revelation that the Beast, uh, which is the god of the Hand, is real, or at least so it appears. And then, of course, we get to see the revel revelation that Ares is, in fact, the big bad which we did know. Again, this is just a uh, reprint of issue two, a second printing of issue two. 
I'm really loving this. Now here's 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 the thing. For the longest time, I have had one art, uh, one writer, and one writer only for the Punisher that I said knocked it out of the park a hundred times out of a hundred, and that was Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis's run on the Punisher was so great and so wonderful. However, since then, Jason Aaron has had a number of Punisher books, and a lot of them have been very good. And he's the writer of this particular Punisher series. And I am willing to go on record now as saying, as you know what, he might actually know Frank better than Garth Ennis. He does Frank in a different way. He makes Frank human. Garth Ennis took away Frank's humanity and made him into this literal killing machine. And then all the characters around Frank were the human emotions that we got to see. Is it better he told, or is it just differently told? And we were just God, digging I, this one. I don't know. It, that is a very good question. Maybe. Garth's version was the version that you wanted to read at that age. And now and Jason now Aaron's version. Yeah. And is this what fits yeah. now? And you're like, oh, this is something different. I'm digging it. I like it. Uh, the amount of blowback that this book has received, of course, for changing the Punisher skull, because <laughs> reasons, um, has been big. But the actual character work and what's going on here in these three issues about watching Frank become you know, the god of killers or the, the king of killers, whatever you want to refer to him as, any of that stuff, has been so big and so good. Moving on. Gwenverse! Gwenverse! Spidey Gwen! Everything's happy and everything's lovely and nothing can go... Oh, no, it all went wrong. <laughs> so, Tim Seeley's writing this really fantastic story about uh, Ghost Spider, Spider Gwen, going, uh, hopping through timelines, uh, using the help of Spider-Zero to try and figure out why time is broken at the end of time and go stop Finale and all this other stuff. And all this uh, is happening, and they're going around and they're collecting Gwens. So they've got, they've got Cap Gwen, and then they've got Wolver Gwen, and then they've got Thor Gwen. And in the first couple of issues, you don't really get a feel for what's happening. But every time they go find a Gwen and they, and they sort of steal that Gwen away, we also get more um, uh, we get more crazy introductions of random uh, other villains. Like, we get Black 13, who is a version of Black Cat who controls luck powers. So maybe she's like Domino in Black Cat at one time or something like that. Or uh, maybe she's like Scarlet Witch in Black Cat, Chaos Power. But what we're really getting is we're seeing all of these different versions of Gwen Stacy getting horribly ripped from their timeline. In this one, we have uh, uh, Iron Stacy or Iron Gwen who is actually very happy with her life. She was adopted by Howard Stark um, because she was orphaned. So Howard has been raising her, uh, and they go and find her because she's about to get assassinated by these crazy, by Black Black Lucky 13 and all the, yeah, Iron, there's Iron Gwen. But when they take her from that timeline, they do so by destroying her life. And they're like, listen, you were going to get killed, so we, we rescued you. And Iron Gwen's like, and her name is uh, her name is uh, Tony Stacy in this one. Tony T O N I instead of Tony Stacy. Um, but she's like, yeah, great. I'm glad I'm not dead, but my life is completely in shambles. And so the team comes back together, and now there's five of them, and that's great. But they're all recognizing that every time they pull another Gwen from the timeline, they're destroying that that specific Gwen's life, and it's very tragic and very sad. And so they all come back to where Spider Zero is, and they all recognize that. This is not going well, and this shouldn't be happening. And for Ghost Spider specifically, each of these other Gwens represents a part of her, like, consciousness, her, her you know, 
Thorgwen is her, her ego, and Wolvergren is her rage and feralness and things like that. So she's literally pulling her intellect now. She had to go grab her intellect and pull that back. And it's 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 very gut-wrenching in what was supposed to be like this fun, lighthearted, ridiculous comic. And Tim Seeley, as he's known to do, once again, is like, nah, shit gets real in a hurry, don't it? And I'm like, thanks, Tim. That's what I needed. I needed shit to get real in a hurry. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> Oh, I got a couple books left. Love you, Tim. There, <laughs> this is Spider-Man. This is Ben Riley Spider-Man. This is issue 505 of the Humanity Agenda. Uh, they do have a great uh, ending here. We get to see uh, Spider-Side, uh, what, what this whole series was about so far. Uh, we see Spider-Side unleash hell and then sort of recognize that, again, it's about mental illness. It's about people coming together and healing internally. You can have all the biggest muscles that you want, but in reality, you know, it's what's inside that's hurting. And we get to see a really amazing moment between um, Spider-Side and Ben Riley, where Spider-Side finally takes off his mask to realize that he is a Ben Riley clone. And Ben Riley, of course, is a clone of Spider-Man. And then, of course, Kane is out there, and he's a clone of both of them. And then we get a pretty good ending to the series. Except that it's not an ending to the series. It's just an ending to that arc. And I haven't, <laughs> I haven't read a comic that wrapped up a, a uh, arc and even put a the end on it before moving on to another arc in some time and it really threw me for a loop it really gave me that bookend to the point that I'm now excited to see what issue 6 is there was something very like well done about like no 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 that's the end of this series on to the next series but it's do issue 6 do you feel like it too much says okay we're good here want to get off <laughs> well it is it is certainly it is it is most certainly a jumping off point the, yeah the end like that it, i feel like that might throw it off a little bit i can i could certainly but at, yeah at the same time i like that it's, yeah. it's a little different like it, it's not the first time like of a movie we've seen that before no but, um we, you see it all the time yeah so i i really enjoyed that i'm going to be interested to see what happens at issue six not going to lie issue six is going to be a deciding issue of course as to whether or not i continue on with the series but uh, the first five issues, the Humanity Agenda, it did build up really well. It got a little slow, I thought, but in reality, it was just building to the character. I loved it. Good issue. Moving on. Slumber Potty Massacre, baby! Slumber issue four. Uh, what an issue four it was. Oh, so it was an issue oh, four. Oh, my goodness an gracious. issue four. It, is a, it was full of comedy. It was full of absurdity. It was full of everything it was violent there was murders um but also we get to see our yeah go ahead yeah she's losing her shit so our our nightmare detective yes our nightmare detective is in back in reality she's this close she believes to finding the killer of her child to finding the serial killer that jumps from person to person killing people she goes into a hospital where she's certain she's tracked this person down she's going to kill it dead and then she starts freaking out because she can't remember what, what is real and what is a dream. She spent so much time in the nightmare realm that everybody could be a nightmare creature. And she doesn't know if she's awake yet or not. And they're hot on the trail of the serial killer. They don't know. And at one point she has this weird clown thing around the neck. And she's like, take me to your leader. And she there's no clown thing. So this, there's, there's so much literal insanity happening in slumber. Uh, I was a little worried about the book. I'm not going to lie. Issue three was kind of eh. But issue four was, oh my god, that was great. I really got into slumber at issue four. I'm kind of 
Issue fours are important. Issue fours are very important. And Slumber Issue Four is great. Uh, it does a great job of really hot shotting the movement of the book. Like we're going all the way in now. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm I'm very much here for it. Let me. I forgot. I lost a book in the pile. Here we go. This is the one I want to talk about next. All right. From an issue four to an issue one. Dual power bomb. I like wrestling. I'm, I'm wearing my world wrestling father weight. Uh, 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 feline Fathers Heavyweight Championship shirt that the incomparable Jesse Long made me. I've got wrestling paraphernalia all around us. I like pro wrestling. Uh, Crimson Cage was probably gonna, it's probably going to be my pick of the year. I loved it. Dual power bomb. Okay. All right. Let's start reading this book. Oh man, that guy kind of looks like Hayabusa, and uh, that that lady there, she's the champ, and she's cool. Oh man, that's awesome. Oh my God, tragedy has struck. What a horrible situation. Oh, that's that's horrifying. Oh man, there's a young person and they're trying to follow in their parents' footsteps and they're gonna achieve greatness and nobody wants to work with them and oh, this is an anime trope and I know about this and they're gonna walk through the fires of hell and they're gonna be great and they're gonna be amazing and wait a minute, there's a demon? And there's a demon. And it's got superpowers. And we're gonna be fighting a tournament in hell. in the medieval version of Tarnation? Um, okay. The art of the book is great. The pacing is phenomenal. The emotion is incredible. I, um, I don't know about that last part. <laughs> I loved the idea of the first part of the book. Of Here's this female women's champion. The, the writing and the art of the first part of the book is incredible. I felt the movement of the fight. I thought they were going to do one of these books where wrestling is kind of a real thing. Then they were like, no, no, it's clearly fake. There's a tragedy that happens in the ring. The daughter of the champion uh, is going to follow in her mother's footsteps, even though her mother's career ended tragically. Nobody wants to work with the daughter, though, because her mother was so beloved. They don't want her to suffer the same fate. Similar things are happening to, uh, like, Brian Pillman's kids and Owen Hart's kids and all these other people who've had parents in pro wrestling who've suffered horrible tragedies. I was on board with that. I love the idea of watching a character develop like that. I don't know about this supernatural part at the end, though. About It does seem kind of Ronan. It seems very odd for the amount of character work that we were developing. Like, you just... Uh, it, and it's not... That's the wrong, that's the wrong thing to say, Ronan. It, it's, it's more that it just seemed like... It's another twist. A, yeah, it's yeah a, it seemed like a surprise that you would have... You I didn't never guess. No, I would have never needed that. Um, I would have been totally fine with that being um, the ending. Like the, we were setting up, like it's just another guy who's doing a tournament. He's like, "Hey, kid, I watched your mom. She was great. I think you're going to be great. Get in my ring. I'm going to promote you to the moon. And it's going to be like this creepy, like kind of underground, like almost ECW kind of thing, where the kid's going to like get prominence." Now that said, it is a hell of an issue one. Like that is a massive issue one. That's a lot to. Give an issue one. Right. You get a lot of of story there. To know what you're going to be reading. Right. Uh, Now, are you up to getting it in issue two? I have to. No, no, no. I have to know what the hell this is. Okay. I got it. Like, I'm I'm not excited by it, but that is a fucking insane hook. So you're excited to be surprised how good. Right. I want to see what the next book is. I just, I got to know. I got to know what we're doing here. 
Like, what even was that? And the first, yeah. and the first seventy-eight percent of the book is dynamite. It's amazing. So I don't know. Maybe we just gotta like. Maybe I just gotta turn my brain off a little bit and just accept that there's like crazy like necromancers in this universe. We'll find out. It, uh, issue two is absolutely coming. I must have it. I gotta know. But man, what a crazy ending! Now this is a book that is in the entire opposite end of that spectrum. A Town Called Terror by Steve Niles. Uh, Image Comics. Uh, Simon uh, Simon Kudransky. Kudransky. Simon Kudransky. I'm sorry, Simon. I, I'm not good with names. This is one of my favorite books for the art. Like, just look at how moody this is, Elvis Strange. Look at how beautifully moody this is. We're big horror nerds. Look at how great the reds and the blacks. Look, just look at this image. And it's like that in every... In every, like, good horror movie. And there was... Well, no, it's like... Well, yes, but also it's always like that in this Oh, in this... Yeah, yeah this, this is the color scheme of the book, right. for sure. And the cover it sticks right with it. Mm -hmm. they, there was a variant cover, though. There was. Um, the variant cover was basically just the hand uh, it's itself. It's more like a beige... Yeah, very, very, very clinical-looking, like maybe yeah. from a textbook. And I decided to go with the regular cover, even though the variants usually are, are cooler or more fun to collect, and they're sometimes in, uh, just as inexpensive. We get a very big revelation as to who and what our main character truly is. We finally understand why he and his family run this town, uh, and he goes up against a bunch of Franks. And this is uh, like our third or fourth reference to uh, a Frankenstein this week. Um, and the Franks in this book are basically like meth dealers uh, in the town. I'm really digging A Town Called Terror. If I do have a negative about it, it's a very weird negative, but I'll just say it. The books read too damn quick. By the time I start really getting into it, the book is over. I've been there. I know. It's it's it's, a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just the pacing. You just, you just wish. I just want more. I just, I want more. It's one of those, like, you might want to wait until it's... No. No, 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 not me. I don't, I don't wait in for trades. I need, if you could just give me issue four, the, just send me the PDF. And then, you know what? Send me the PDF of issue five. You know what? Just send me the script. Send me the whole series. I want to read it right. I really like what's Every happening. Every day that you come up with another note, you just send just me, send me the a note? picture of your, your post-it note. <laughs> I, I need post-it notes. I need updates. Steve, Steve, you got, I'm, ta I'm talking to Steve like I know him. Steve, buddy, uh, give me more, please. But also, I don't think I'd want it because, like, this is one of those books where the art is just too damn pretty. It's impossible not like look at how beautiful that is. Very, very. You have that whole two pages, and there were just two little bubbles. Yeah. And each bubble had like two words. Yeah. But all of it was just movement. It was, it was just so really pretty. Cool. Yeah. So pretty. <sighs> all right. All right. No. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Every book from here on in. Could have absolutely been my pick of the week. There's five. Do you want me to pick one for you? No, I know my pick of the week. I know it. I know what it is. But if that book didn't exist, then it would have been one of the other four. Okay. And if one of the other four, it, it just keep. So imagine if we here at the Read Pile have three particular pillars of the Read Pile, and they are as follows. They're creators who every single week we tend to review at least one of their comics. Initially, this started as a joke. And it now has become an actual reality. And those creators are uh, the mayor of Halloween Town, Colin Bunn, who we talked about earlier today. Uh, the Clock King, Tom King, who I tweeted at earlier, who may have been writing <laughs> versions of Chowder, apparently. We, uh, I'm confirmed. And, of course, the Everyone Dies, Tom Taylor. 
On my repile this week is Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 12 by Tom Taylor. Ding. Thank you. Um, a book that is absolutely phenomenal. We continue to see uh, uh, John Kent just sort of become an absolute hero in every sense of the word. Uh, we start with a harrowing moment, though, where Ma and Pa Kent are being attacked by some unknown force. Uh, they, uh, they are turning on their, their emergency signal. Superman is flying to the rescue. They bring up attack drones. The Justice League puts up a force shield. Nothing can stop this unstoppable beast before it gets... It's crypto. It's crypto. Oh, crypto. Crypto shows up. Jonathan Kent... <laughs> Batman is pissed because the dog just destroyed all these multi-million dollar defense systems. And John Kent is like, yeah, it's crypto, though. What are you gonna do? You gonna be mad? You gonna be mad at crypto? You gonna be mad? You can't be mad at crypto. It's crypto. Um, the one thing that Tom Taylor is doing in this series that is making me furious is he's bringing in so many lovable characters. Now we have crypto. Uh, shockingly, uh, uh, Nightwing. Uh, uh, well, not Nightwing technically, but uh, Dick Grayson, big part of this issue. Um, we get to see more of the relationship between John and um, oh God damn it, I can't think of his name now. His uh, his boyfriend. Oh, no! I can't think of his name! Ah, oh, oh, damn it. Anyway, um, they are going... They go in to find a senator, and they basically ambush the senator and let him, you know, and ask him questions about, hey, where were you on the night where this uh, supervillain super captured a human and turned them into a, a metahuman and then dropped them on uh, the Clark's uh, the Kent's house, which, of course, happened way back in, like, issue three or four, I can't remember, when Fault Line attacked. And then Crypto starts losing his shit because, yeah, he figured out that the senator isn't who the senator is. It's a giant squid monster. And there's a part of me that thinks that Tom Taylor put a giant tentacle monster in a comic book. Specifically for people to go, giant tentacle monster? Really? Really? If you get the joke, you get the joke. If you don't get the joke, don't worry about it. It's a giant tentacle monster. Look at it. Oh, he's so big and squishy. But it's really cool because, of course, John's boyfriend... Um, I'm really sorry, I, I keep blanking on his name. Um, he's able to phase his body. So he phases into the monster's brain. He is able to find the chip that's controlling him that Bendix has, and he pulls it out. Jay, thank you. Jay, thank you, John Kent, for telling me that your boyfriend's name is Jay. Um, and then while doing so, for reasons known only to Jay, or maybe because he needed to take his helmet mask off to like get inside the guy's brain, he outs himself to the world as Jay. And the cameras are all rolling. He's like, yeah, I saved the senator. Look, this is one of... Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's literally how the book ends. Is with one of those exact moments. This is great. This is, this is uh, an incredibly light level. Like the, the, There's humor. There's love. There's fun. Um, I didn't know that Tom Taylor had this level of like genuine hope and love inside of him. I was just used to him just crushing my dreams and destroying <laughs> everything I know and love. So for him to be so good at building up a character, you have known me for a long time. Yeah. How would you have ever guessed that Superman would have been one of my favorite characters uh, ever? Mm -hmm. So John Kent, man, well done. So yeah, that could have been my pick of the week. 
moving on. West of Sundown, issue three. Again, Tim Seeley doing his Tim Seeley best. This, of course, is a fantastic storyline that is essentially the Universal Monsters. So we have a Frankenstein, we have a Dracula. Uh, this is um, uh, similar. Uh, what, what is the guy from um, Da Vinci Code? The the uh, the monk who is um, he's an albino. Anyway, he, that's this guy, um, and they're all set out west, and they're not f officially a Frankenstein, and they're not a, like one is definitely a vampire, but it is so cool. We get to see a lot of different canon versions of our, our specific vampire as she is attacked. A stake damages her really bad. She goes ethereal. She's able to survive in the sunlight, but her powers are just incredibly drained. We get some really amazing visuals. This is a jam-packed action adventure, but it's also, you know, about crazy monsters and ghouls and stuff. And yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it 100%. I have no idea how long West of Sundown is going to go. If it's four issues, if it's ten issues, I don't care. I'm having so much fun, and I urge anyone, if you're big into monster mythology, get in on West of Sundown. It's it's basically, right now, for all intents and purposes, we'll just call it uh, uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein, but set in the Wild West. What? Can I sell, can I sell it harder? Can I sell it harder? All right. Yeah. Westworld's coming back out, so we're done here. Oh my God! These three, are, these three are all my pick of the week. I, I'm going to say what my one is, but I, I can't, I can't stop myself. All right, coming up. Here we go. Would have been my pick of the week, absolutely, if the other two books didn't exist. Grim, Grim issue two. Grim is right now probably one of actually all three of these that can make this claim. My favorite new ongoing or miniseries or whatever this is. First of all, it's drawn incredibly well. The story, of course, by Stephanie Phillips. Uh, Stephanie uh, is great. Illustrated by... Uh, Fla you can say that better than I can. Flaviano. Flaviano? Okay. Illustrated by artist Flaviano. We get a really spectacular Deus de Morte. Uh, sugar skulls everywhere. That's instantly going to draw me in. If you didn't already have me, you would have. We also start getting some really crazy backstory about whatever this monstrosity is that appears to be like a giant Grim Reaper, like a massive Grim Reaper, which may be something called the End. We don't know. We spend a lot of time in the afterlife with all the Reapers trying to talk to our main character and asking, you know, what she's trying to do. Because remember, apparently she became corporeal and everyone saw her become corporeal. That wasn't, like, just for the readers. Everyone saw that. So they're trying to figure out how can, they, how can a Reaper become corporeal you're not supposed to. We also get more images uh, as she goes to see her boss and how everyone sort of has this, this weird, like, angry death face. When they get really pissed off about something, their face goes from humanoid to, like, skull monster kind of stuff. <clears throat> we start to get the very beginnings of why she died, of where Jessica died, which is a big... Come here. So we're finally... We are going to find out. Like, she's, she's going to find out. Well, why. she's the only... She's the only... Uh, Reaper who doesn't know the exact moment of their death and she's never known how she died she has no idea how she died or why she died so she finds this like what are you doing just over and over again so she finds basically like a, uh, a library of things uh, her friend another Reaper who's uh, from the French Quarter Marcel he stands in front of like all these pneumatic tubes and he gets hit by his own death and he gets to watch that 
and we just see her initials, J.H. We don't even have her name. Like, Marcel has his whole name. She just gets J.H. And when she starts seeing it, we see that there's a mother potentially named Lilith. Another reference to Lily or Lilith, who... Oh, would you happen to know who Lilith is biblically? Uh, Adam's first wife, who then becomes the, the mother of all demons. True. That's, that's, that's where the story Anyway, Grim Issue 2 is so good, and it's so creepy. And I'm really in. I want this to sort of be like. I want this to be like a five issue miniseries, but if it ends up being 35 issues long, I'm here for every page. Give me all of it. I want to know more of what's happening. That said, I could easily see this being a very short story, simply because, like, once we find out who she really is, if she is the daughter of the demons, maybe she was never born. Like, she was she was sort of a stillborn. And, and then there's this thing called the, the End, which is around. Um, and that's, like, super dense. <laughs> you want to see something really cool? Yeah. All right, really cool. This is how big the End is. What I think is, the, I assume this is the End. So here's a pier. You can see him walking. He steps out onto the water, and there's just bodies. Hmm. I'm very excited by Grim. Okay, here we go. We're almost done. This is damn near my pick of the week, but the other book did something unfair, and it automatically gets my pick of the week. But Jurassic League issue two, yes! Yes! It's still ridiculous. It's still absurd. We're on the outskirts of Grouflum City. Oh, uh, uh, Batasaur has this little human following it around. It saves it from what is clearly a Deathstroke-asaurus. Um, but it doesn't even get a name. It's just a random dinosaur. Apparently there are just random dinosaurs as well as superhero dinosaurs too. We continue on almost instantaneously from issue one to issue two with the attack of Giganta and, um, like, Bizarrosaur, I think his name is, at, um, Metropolis. Metropolis. Where Supersaur, uh, is fending off, uh, Giganta and, uh, Bizarrosaur and trying to save all of his human friends who he rescued. He speaks human, so he can translate for when Batman shows up with his sidekick, who is definitely going to be named Robin at some point in the, in the book, or perhaps like some sort of pre prehistoric version of a Robin. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. Um, we get uh, <laughs> we get the best part of the whole fucking book. So great. Oh my god, this is so good. So uh, we we have uh, Wonder Woman who is uh, like Triadon. I forget. Uh, and she says, it's been three days since leaving the beautiful Trimascara, and I have traveled this world atop Thunderbeak, my invisible steed. And so she has a, uh, she has a, a, a pterodactyl that is an invisible pterodactyl that she rides. Mwah! <laughs> this, is, this is the silliness that comics can be, and it's not just silly for the sake of silly. There's actually a really great story here. We're seeing the formations of the Jurassic League, we're, we're getting, like, really cool images. I will be very sad <laughs> when this series ends. But I'm so grateful for it. Yes. Now, how many issues is Six. Okay. Six issues. And I think that's perfect. I, I cannot, for the life of me, see this book, uh, see this joke sustaining itself beyond the end of Jurassic Park being in theaters. Could you imagine the 
being issued like four hundred and fifty. No, no, it, no, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's so many other Jurassic jokes we can oh make. Oh my gosh! No. I there's something in here, like the big bad is called the dark embryo. I imagine that's going to end up somehow being like apocalypse, or not apocalypse. I'm sorry, uh, dark side. Uh, but he'll be like dark sidosaurus or something like that. Which leads me to uh, the fact that Ellen and I have been watching Key and Peele. Uh, we went back to see about some of the, and some of the jokes still land. For instance, your mama's so old, her last name is, is Osaurus. That, that lines up, see, because it's Jurassic, and it's Osaurus. Ah, uh, okay. Damn near my pick of the week. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. Now. Yes. You have a pick of the week, I obviously. do. I do. It's Bunny Mask, The Hollow Inside, issue two as well. Now, as we all know, I am the—I was the first Bunny Mask fan. Uh, I did the Instagram filter and everything where I put a Bunny Mask on my face. We actually get a moment in the book where Bunny Mask's ears actually twitch, and it's adorable because she notices that, again, the hollow is attacking. She's noticing that people who should exist suddenly don't exist, and she says, because to ears that hear everything, it is loudest when there is nothing. And then her ears twitch. Isn't it? Like, she's this weird, like, god monster creature, but she also is incredibly adorable and very, like, cutesy. One thing I will note, there is a significant lack of, uh, lack of Maniac of New York references in this issue, unlike in issue one. Mm -hmm. So I'm still trying to figure out whether or not Maniac of New York and Bunny Mask either exist in the same continuity, or if that was a book that Tyler read in Bunny... I don't know. That doesn't matter. What matters is we get to see the hollow tear somebody apart, Again, removing them from existence. Very reminiscent of um, uh, uh, Hellraiser, where he uses little like fish hooks to slowly tear you apart piece by piece. And not just tearing you apart, we get to see the pat their history, where they're literally being removed from history. At one point, somebody's asking, why are you setting four plates at the dinner table? There's only three of us. And you're getting to watch this person just get removed from all canon. We also finally get to see how Bunny Mass travels. It's very, like disgusting Bugs Bunny-esque because she, she creates these like weird black void bubbles and then just rises up out of them like Bugs Bunny traveling underground. Huh. We get a couple of shots of that. We get to see the further relationship between her and Tyler where she basically goes to visit Tyler uh, whenever she needs to, well, quite literally get off. And she's like, listen, you're, I use you. You, you, are, you are mine and mine to use and I'm going to do it. And this is causing great issue for Tyler because he wants to be with B, uh, the, the main female character, and is desperate to try and have this relationship with her. But how do you tell this girl, who you only know because you rescued her, seemingly, kind of, maybe, you don't know, but her dad was like a psycho, and also there's a, 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 like a goddess who sees you on a regular basis to bang, and like, like how, do you, how do you present that information and also, she's an artist who creates sculptures of said goddess that is banging you. We get a big revelation at the end, though. The long-time-running theory that B and Bunny Mask are one and the same may finally be answered. Huh. So this was great. This was awesome. But why was it my pick of the week, Elder Strange, aside from being oh, great and awesome? Ridiculous. What did you find in the back of this issue? In the back of this issue, oh my god, I'm quoted yet again. The Reed Pile quoted in Aftershock Comics once again 
because I tweeted at them, and I'm going to read you my tweet because it was quite good, even if I do say so myself. Wow. my mustache. <clears throat> the Bunny Mass comic is back and weirder than ever, which is a Herculean feat, which is a Herculean feat having read volume one. The Hollow has made itself known, and Tyler has found a home. No one wants to be alone, and no one wants to lose a bone. But that happens anyway. Oh, how I love this book. And it's true. It is so true how much I enjoy Bunny Mask. Not just for including me in it, but for just being weird and creepy and dirty and nasty and wonderful. And oh my god, Barbara and Gordon, you are killing me. Our picks of the week this week are Bunny Mask, The Hollow Inside, Issue 2, and Alice Ever After, Issue 3, I believe it is? Yes. Issue 3. Issue 4. Yeah. Issue 4 is coming. Oh my god. Uh, as a side note, if we don't get a Bunny Mask Volume 3, I will riot. And uh, just, just putting that out there, just Aftershock Comics, I know you're listening. If we don't get uh, Volume 3 of uh, Bunny Mask, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to set the building on fire. So there. Well, <laughs> I think I'm being reasonable. I think it'll be fine. Probably is. All right, everyone, that about wraps up this week's episode of The Read Pile. Uh, before we go, we always want to say thank you to all of our great friends, of course, our good friends, the Space Bastards. Uh, Mad Cave Comics, our sister show, The IndieCast, which has a new episode up. Make sure you check out the WNRN to see the IndieCast and all of the shows associated here with the Wrestling Nerd Radio Network. Uh, our friends over at Bountiful Garden, Haven for Heroes, our good friend Eric Palicki, uh, my bestie friend Alec, AJ Schumacher, who has been a fan of ours since before we came back, and of course our buddies at uh, BG Comics, Glork, and Bo. For the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Elle Lestrange, I am the Sussman Rick Sussman. It is Father's Day, so if you're a cat dad, a dog dad, or a person dad, happy Father's Day to you. I hope it's a wonderful day. And until next time, uh, I guess that'll do it. Elle, is that missing anything? No. All right. Well, in that case, say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle. It's always hard to touch the X. It's always so hard. Oh. Thank you, audio-only listeners. You got a full, like, two extra minutes of us dicking around. I hope you enjoyed it.